We meet today in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 28. We are still in the school of wisdom. The boy is still in his first year or freshman year, but the instruction is very important for him. He who hates correction or reproof, which is so necessary for the development of self-discipline, is described as a brute or stupid. Only the man who loves instruction will increase in his knowledge and will increase that storehouse of knowledge. Whoever loves instruction loves wisdom. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. Proverbs 12 verse 1 The man who loves instruction is a man who has a true estimate of what is top priority and what is really of superior value in life. That means that he will listen to instruction. He will not take instruction for granted. However, I must say that after getting people to listen to the word of God, one of the greatest problems is getting them to obey what the word says. Obedience is absolutely essential. When you listen to instruction, also be prepared to obey the instruction. A good man obtains favor with the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. Proverbs 12 verse 2 Psalm 1 verse 5 tells us that the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. My friend, regardless of firm or riches or standing high in the estimation of men, the ungodly men will come to a sorry and sad ending. God is certainly going to judge evil men, a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. That means, while the wicked men may seem to be prospering, they must know that ultimately God will bring them to their logical end, which is condemnation, judgment. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. Proverbs 12 verse 3 Our Lord Jesus gave a parable that deals with this. In the Sermon on the Mount, he told about a man who built his house on a rock and another who built his house on the sand. We find that in Matthew 7 verse 24 to 27. The rock, of course, symbolizes Christ, the solid foundation of the word of God. The other one built as if no storms would come in life, and the other one built with the storm in mind. The foolish one thought things will remain calm and cozy as they are today. Little did he know that the wind and the rains and the downpour would come upon it. But the wise men knew that even though it will be difficult and hard work to build on a rock and it may take time, it is important because after you have taken time, what you will have built will stand. And when the adverse conditions come upon you, you will stand. You see, a man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. Now here is the freshman course. The young man is given advice about choosing a wife. 
an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. Proverbs 12 verse 4. The phrase an excellent wife is literally a woman of strength. When used as an attribute of a person, the term suggests a person of great ability or inner resources, like even in the case of Ruth, Ruth chapter 3 verse 11, or even the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31 verse 10. The reference to a crown suggests social status, that is, she elevates her husband in the esteem of friends and neighbors through her strong character. The woman who brings her husband to ruin is compared to a disease which weakens the bodily frame. An unhappy marriage attacks the marrow of life, undermining and destroying happiness. Think of the wonderful wives who are mentioned in the Old Testament. Eve must have been a wonderful person in spite of the fact that she listened to the serpent. Sarah was a model wife according to 1 Peter 3 verse 6. The mother of Moses, Jacobed, was undoubtedly a remarkable woman. Then there are others who were not so good and could be described as rottenness in his bones. How about Job's wife, who was not much of help to him? And it is also interesting that Satan took away from Job everything that he leaned upon except his wife, which must mean that Satan knew she wasn't very much of help to Job. Then there was the bloody Atalia, whose mother was the wicked Jezebel. You see, so there are many illustrations in the Proverbs, in the Scriptures, particularly when we think of this proverb. Many illustrations. Here is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 5 to verse 7. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. Again, let me change the word wicked to lawless, which is probably more accurate. You will see that God believes in law and order. He has a great deal to say about lawlessness. So the counsels of the lawless are deceitful. They will counsel you in a deceitful way. The lawless are overthrown. So lawlessness in nations, lawlessness in communities will never go unchecked. God will certainly hold everyone to account. A man will be commended according to his wisdom, but he who is of a perverse heart will be despised. Proverbs 12 verse 8 Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. Proverbs 12 verse 9 This verse points to the futility of depriving oneself 
on the one hand in order to make a show of affluence on the other hand. It may also commend the humble man who does his work without a servant as opposed to the man who hires a servant when he lacks even bread. You see, people in this world tend to show off as if they are people who have a lot of money. Some people want to appear like big financial shows, and they even hire people, yet they have nothing in the bank to pay the hired servants. This is indeed a wise proverb coming from the mouth of the wise teacher. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Proverbs 12 verse 10. This is an interesting proverb because it even talks of animal. Does God have anything to say about animals and how we treat them? Now you see one of the most complex issues of modern society is the impact that meeting the needs of people has on animals and their environment. Scripture seems to affirm that animals do in fact have certain God-given rights. Here the Lord regards a person's care and concern for the life of an animal as righteousness, while cruelty to an animal is an act of wickedness. I'll read that verse again. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. The point is that animals have a right to be treated with wisdom and kindness, not cruelty. God pays attention to how we treat our animals. How do you treat your animals, whether they be cattle, whether they be dogs, whether they be even cats? How do you treat animals? Also, how do you treat your environment? He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows Frivolity is devoid of understanding. Proverbs 12, verse 11. Now this proverb is saying to us, we must stay on the job. We must keep busy and don't do so much running around. You see, when we till the land, we will be satisfied with bread. Some people just want to eat when they have not worked. Some people just wanted to go around. The Bible says that is a lack of understanding. All the way through this chapter, we have contrasts like this. The wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. You see, there is a repetition in this section for emphasis. After all, repetition is the best kind of teaching. If you can get by with it, if you keep saying a thing, your pupil will never forget. So here it is repeated, the wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. Do you yield fruit, my friend? The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. This too is an interesting proverb. Proverb 12 verse 15. Going one's own way is contrasted to going God's way. The first step in commitment to God is abandoning one's self-will, according to Matthew 6, verse 33. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. But it is not only that you must also accept God's will. You know to whom this refers, I'm sure. This proverb refers to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. He refused the wise counsel of the older men in his kingdom, which resulted in his own downfall and a civil war in his nation. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Proverbs 12 verse 17 to verse 18. My friend, one who speaks truth is actually declaring righteousness. That is not so with the false witness. One who speaks piercings or just criticizing. We are a person who brings a sword. But you see the tongue of the wise promotes health. Are you promoting health for the members of your family? Are you promoting health for the members in your church? Because your tongue speaks wisdom. My friend, if your pastor is preaching the truth, there are times when he is even going to put a sword into your heart. It will. And that word will be like piercing, a piercing sword. What is your opinion? What is your feeling about it? You see, if you are not willing to accept it, well, the hypocrite always covers up with hatred and bitterness. And this is the reason I am always a little afraid of a man who is highly critical of his pastor. That is, if he is nice to his face, but is sticking a knife in his back, that is not right. Someone who speaks the truth, the, the truth will come to you like a piercing sword. But if it is the truth, that is what will bring health to your life. That is still love. Here is Proverbs 12, verse 19 to verse 21. The truthful leap shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. All these verses have to do with the tongue, the lying tongue, and the lips of truth. They are put in contrast. The word of God has more to say about the tongue, more judgment on the abuse of the tongue than it has to say about the, the use and even abuse of alcohol. Yet it is interesting that a lying tongue and a gossip can get away in Christian circles today, whereas a drunkard would be rejected. I am not saying that to get drunk is the right thing, but why do we undermine gossipers and lying tongues, which the Bible talks about even more than it does on alcohol abuse? Proverbs 12 verse 22, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. How best can anyone put it? God's delight are those who deal truthfully. 
one of the things that should characterize a child of God is truthfulness. Truthfulness. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. Proverbs 12 verse 23. Now a prudent man will not say things that are going to hurt anyone, to hurt someone. But you have probably been in a crowd where there is some foolish person, a big-mouthed person who says something that casts a reflection on another person. Of course, someone who is not present in that crowd, the prudent man would say to it, would not say it, but the heart of the fool will say things like that. This is the reason why sometimes when I hear someone speaking about a certain person who is not there, I will ask a question. Would you say the same thing in the presence of the person you are talking about? If they will not say it, then I will ask them, please then don't talk like that. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Proverbs 12 verse 24 I believe that the measuring stick of this proverb is eternity rather than a local situation. Aren't we told that someday we are going to rule with Christ? But scripture does not teach that all believers will rule equally. There will be gradations. The diligence are to rule with Christ. But also in local understanding, the one who works hard will rule because they are the ones who have uh, means and who have supplies, who are even calling the shots because they have. And the one who is lazy, who hasn't got anything, will tend to go to people who have and call the master. And they may even be given work. Oh, we must learn that the word of God encourages diligent work, especially from God's children. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. You see, why do people fall into depression? Because they are anxious. Because they have heaviness that comes upon them. And usually heaviness comes because of a conscious understanding of sin. But thank God, there is forgiveness of sin in Jesus Christ. Job said to his friends, how forceful are right words. Job 6 verse 25. Right words can bring comfort and cheer and encouragement to those who are grieving or who have a problem or have bitterness of spirit. We certainly are not to beat down a person who is having problems. We are to bring him a good word. And therefore, bringing the gospel message to a world that has people with heavy hearts is indeed something that makes them glad. This is why the good news is sometimes referred to as the glad tidings. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 26 says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. You see, my friend, these proverbs gear right down into your neighborhood, right down into your church, right down into your place of work, don't they? You must also be careful who your friends are. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, 
but diligence is man's precious possession. Proverbs 12 verse 27. Now I find this proverb quite humorous. This fellow went out and shot an antelope, but he was too lazy to skin the antelope and cut up the meat and cook or roast it to eat it. You see, you must be pretty lazy to be that kind of a hunter. It's like the fishermen who will fish but won't clean the fish to eat them. But diligence is man's precious possession. In other words, he takes care of what he has. Now remember when Ruth went out to glean in the field and Boaz was so generous with her that she had a surprising amount. Then she beat out the grain that she had gleaned. She could have come home and thrown the gleanings down in front of Naomi and said, Look what I have done. I worked hard all day for this. Now you can beat it out. She didn't do that. And this reveals the kind of spirit that was in her. Man, you must keep what you have. You must be diligent. You must work. And let me speak to men today. It won't hurt you even if you help with some work at home. You can even do the dishes now and then. Actually, when I grew up, I was the second born in a family of first four boys and one last born girl. So I helped mom with dishwashing and all the other household chores. Apparently, it's quite a good experience. It gave me a good practice, which I put into practice now. It won't hurt you. The verse says, the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Hard work is your precious possession, my friend. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475